I would like to explore the interface between various themes of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. On one hand, we have the standout theme of Amuna faith. Via the miraculous revelation, the makos in this week's parsha, Hashem comes to demonstrate his existence. And his reality becomes forever identified with Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Anochi Hashem Mitzrayim. I am the God who took you out of Mitzrayim. That is who I am. But there's another standout theme to Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Avdus and Cheres, it is the story of slavery and freedom. The suffering, the misery, the oppression, ultimately relieved by the dramatic salvation. These elements tug at our hearts. This is the perspective we've brought with us from childhood. So we have two themes of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Amuna, a, a profoundly religious thing, and Avdus and Cheres, a profoundly human experience. Somehow we know that these two stories are one story. How do they dovetail? Where do they stand in relation to one another? We can't suggest that the saga of slavery and freedom, which is the obvious and firsthand experience for the people, serves as the necessary staging for what will follow. The revelation of Hashem, which rings through the miracles, brings out his identity as a God in the position of Savior and Redeemer. He appears as a personal God, involved in the affairs of his people, not as an aloof abstraction. He comes on the scene as a caring, loving God who assumes the role of protector. When he declares at the time of the Makos, let my people go or else, we viscerally have the association of the staunch defender. It is as if he said, don't you dare lay a finger on my child. Isn't that what we would long to hear from our human defenders, whoever they may be? Experiencing Hashem in this way, at the formative moment of Jewish peoplehood, was essential for us to generate our most primal, basic understanding of who Hashem is. In the deepest, most sensitive way, we see Hashem as a loving parent who will not allow his child to suffer. All revelations of God which follow, Hashem as the judge, the lawgiver at Matan Torah, etc., flow out of this benevolent position. Think of a good parent who disciplines their child. We assume a priori that any stringency stems from the desire to protect and to foster the child's well-being and growth. From the child's perspective, the primary experience of the parent in their life is as, a reli- is as the reliable protector. The child's unquestioned reliance on the parent's protection forms the basis of the child's blind trust in the goodness of his defender. This trust is the necessary underpinning for the acceptance of discipline to come. So too in the development of the Jewish people, Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, called the birthing of Klal Yisrael, came to establish the basic relationship of trust and dependability. As with the child, Everything that flows for Klal Yisrael wants to be seen in the context of protection and love. This understanding of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim's revelation as a revelation of Hashem as a God of love and kindness can be traced magnificently in the opening narrative of our parasha, which says, Ushmi yud nadati lahem. 
My name, Yudk Vovke, had never been known before, but now I will become known as Yudk Vovke. What does Yudk Vovke mean? What is this new epiphany about Hashem, which had not been known before? One of the meanings of Yudk Vovke, according to Chazal, is Racham and Vechesed, mercy and loving kindness, as the Arachayim elaborates upon in the beginning of our parasha. It is through the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim story where he showed himself to be the protector that Yudke Vavke, his reality as a god of chesed, rings forth. Let's delve deeper into the name Yudke Vavke and its relationship to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Classic sources define Yudke Vavke based on the root word Havaya, meaning existence. It connotes the ultimate existence, Hashem's reality. In this vein, Kabbalah explains that Yudke Vavke is called Shematsni, the name of essence. It is the highest attribute of Hashem which we can conceive, the highest expression of his will, unlike other divine names, which are merely implementations thereof. And now we can move on to the linkage of Chesed, the attribute of loving kindness. connected to Yudke Vavke. Because the Ramchal teaches in his Sefer Tastfunos that man's greatest conception of Hashem is as Tohu Metev, the good one who seeks to bestow his goodness upon the world, especially upon his chosen nation Yisrael. Our essential notion of him is as a loving God. Everything else about Hashem, including his judgment and his discipline, are all in the service of this greater purpose. Based on this highest conception of Hashem as a loving God, we have a new poignant understanding of why Yudke Vavke is his name of essence, Shem Atzmi. It is itself his, lo- his name of loving kindness as well, because our ultimate identification of who Hashem is comes through this attribute of Chesed. And hence our parasha opens that it is Yudke Vavke the most fundamental conception of who Hashem is as a God of loving kindness, which will be revealed to the world for the first time now, when Hashem shows himself responsive and merciful to the wretchedness of his people and will not allow them to suffer. Moving on and expanding the thread, the dialogue between Moshe and Paro in our parasha, the build-up to the Makos. As Moshe speaks in Hashem's name, is now full of nuance that sparkles with meaning. So says God of Yisrael, let my people go. He insists upon their freedom because he is their God, a caring, compassionate divine being, who will not tolerate their continued oppression. And now look at Paro's response from this perspective. I do not know Yudke Vavke, nor will I let Yisrael go. These two disavowals are intrinsically linked. Because he has no concept of Yudke Vavke, a god of loving kindness, he believes he can continue to mistreat B'nai Yisrael with impunity, so he's not going to let them go. This perspective of the Moshe Paro confrontation that we are developing here, finds a voice in the evocative langu- language 
of the Medrash Mos Rabbah here. It states, Moshe tried to explain to Parah who Hashem is. Our God spread out the heavens and established the earth. He provides for the birthing mother, forms her fetus, and brings it viably into the world. Parah responded, no, you have been lying to me all along. I am master of the world. Notice how Moshe presents a picture of a benevolent creator who espouses life and tends to the vulnerable. This is lost on Paro. He rebuffs all of Moshe's statements with the assertion, I am master of the universe. By viewing any deity as an extension of himself, he precludes all aspects of Yudke Babke, both the omnipotence and the benevolence of a supreme being. As an all-powerful tyrant, Paro personifies a concept of authority which is fundamentally cruel. It allows for the misuse and the abuse of anyone or anything in his control. Looked at in this way, a god, as Paro holds himself to be, becomes a superior on steroids, one who has unlimited capacity to exploit his subjects. There are two aspects to Paro's persona in the story which, upon close consideration, are fundamentally linked. On the one hand, we have Paro, the vicious exploiter of power. On the other hand, we have Paro, the heretic who denies Hashem. The first Paro goes hand in glove with the second. The cruelty which he embodies as King Paro is antithetical to the very idea of a benevolent Hashem. As much as we might personally revile the evil Paro, it's heartening to be able to see the cohesion, how his two identifications fit together. Paro's total resistance to the notion of Yudke Vavke is unique to him. It eclipses even the heresy of other non-believers as borne out magnificently by a final passage of the Medrash cited above, which states, At this point, Paro asked his wise men, Well, have you ever heard of the name of this god? They answered, Yes, we've heard of him. He is the son of sages and ancient kings. At first glance, this Medrash seems strange and mysterious. What do they mean in this statement about Hashem, that he is the son of sages and ancient kings? When we tease out where the wise men are coming from, their words actually pulsate with meaning. Though they did not believe in Hashem, at least they could imagine that this notion existed and that it resonates in the human consciousness. They call the idea of Hashem the son of sages, namely, it is the brainchild of intelligent people. The wise men of Egypt get how philosophers may deal with the conundrum of life and the inexplicable circumstances of suffering and misery which engulf the human condition. They can sense that a meaningful resolution could be found in the belief that there is more to our existence than what meets the eye. They speculate that there may be a positive meaning to everything we experience because a loving God could be a This belief that God is simply a comforting figment of the human imagination is certainly fundamentally heretical. As the Medrash continues, Hashem exclaimed, you call yourselves wise men, but me merely the son of wise men? It's certainly heretical, but there is at least a redeeming quality in their ability to intuit the notion of Yudke Vavke and its attraction. Paro, however, as the oppressive authority figure, the oppressive authority figure, had no way of relating to this idea of a loving God. 
The supremacy of love as an attribute of absolute authority was anathema to everything he stood for as the cool tyrant. This comes out forcefully in the way the Medrash frames his final statement to Moshe. I do not know your God at all. Who is your Kevavke? Thus the battle lines were drawn. The stage was set. The belief in Yudke Vavke, a loving supreme being, is pitted against an abusive, earthly authority of power. The drama which follows brings out the triumph of the belief in Yudke Vavke, as revealed by the events of the story. Yitzias Mitzrayim, with its redemption from cruel tyranny, is the showcase for the chesed of Yudke Vavke, a notion of Hashem which is fundamentally loving. And it is oh so important that we conceive of Kibiyachal Hashem this way, fundamentally loving. The other attributes, the discipline, his examination of our behavior, are all for the means of enabling our growth, our success, because he really loves us, much like the loving parent as we began who disciplines solely for the child's benefits, and hopefully the child understands that.